Welcome to Teaching Brute. This week, I'm continuing the conversation with Teresa and Catherine as we talk about how to empower students in your music classroom. Whether you are band, choir, orchestra, or teaching general music, you'll be able to take some of their ideas and implement them in your classes. The book had a lot of really good ideas, and I loved all of the personalized stories that you had other music teachers contribute and stuff like that. All of that I found like super inspiring. I'm like, ooh, I should steal that idea. I really like that one. If somebody was going to take your book and make it a blueprint for their program, <laughs> do you think that they'd be able to implement everything within a year, or do you think it would be more like a two, three, five-year plan thing? I mean, I think, so the way we have the book laid out, if, if anybody hasn't looked at it yet, is basically six main qualities of, of what we think an empowered music student should have. I I think it is very feasible to say that you could hit on each quality in a year, but maybe not all in. <laughs> you know, you might be able to, you could probably give them, you could... You could probably on day one give them voice or choice. You could, I'm sure, you could implement that tomorrow if you if you really thought about it without having to go too crazy. Like we even just we just said, choosing between this and this, <laughs> we could start there. Yeah. Uh, getting kids to create something, like I I think you could do that. Getting them to connect and ask questions. So I think you could dip your toe into all of them in a year's time. I mean, would you agree with that, Catherine? Yeah, I would say I think you can. And then I think what's beautiful about every experience you try is you you gain that experience and, you know, and you can reflect on it and you're so much better the next time around. I, I would say many of the examples and I would probably even say that people who at the end of the book shared their own stories, like their home run probably wasn't their first year they tried it. You know, they might have they built on it every year. So it's going to you could do a lot of things in a year. But then, boy, when you hit three or four or five years from reading and trying the book, like I think you'll see yourself, your classroom in a different place just because you build on those experiences. And I, mean, I think I was telling Teresa this spring, like when, you know, I'm just so much better at um, being proactive, like knowing how the kids are going to react with this kind of experience. Whereas before I was like, we're going to try this and I'm really not sure what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> and now I'm like, you know what? They're going to need this. They're probably going to need this. And I probably should just have this on the side just in case we get to it. So I'm much better at like anticipating how it might go. Um, and there's still tons of wonderful surprises, but, um, <laughs> you know, which just makes it exciting. But yeah, no, I think, um, you just, but you gotta, it's not a one and done. You gotta build on it and reflect and there is no one size fits all. So it's just, you know, how you make it work. Yeah. We, we tried to make it very clear that we were not giving out lesson plans. We were not giving out like, <laughs> take this and put it in your classroom. It's more like, this is an idea. This is how we did it. Now you figure out how to adapt that for your situation and your students. Yeah, and I and I know that from myself going through that process initially, it's a lot of work. Oh yeah. You know, once I can get it as part of my routine and my classes are into it and things like that, my life is a whole lot easier because I'm not having to do everything for my kids. Mm -hmm. Um but to make that shift from being the one who does 
all of the things for the kids and all of the work and they just sit there and receive the knowledge that I pour into their little heads. Uh, you know, initially it just felt like it, I was questioning, I was like, is this really going to be worth it? Because instead of working at, you know, a 10 hour day, now I'm working a 12 hour day and I'm so exhausted and I'm getting pushed back from parents and I'm getting pushed back from students and they're not as engaged, but I'm happy that I was able to push through that uh, mm -hmm. because coming out on the other side and I don't even feel like I'm on the other side for all of it yet. Uh, but, you know, for some of the things coming through onto the other side, I'm like, oh, this is so much better now. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to this year for the first time one of my units is going to be to actually have my upper middle school students uh, put together the first concert, like cool. everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'll be back here against the wall. Let me know if you need anything, but <laughs> you know what guys, you know what a concert looks like, you know, the kinds of things that have to be included. Let's get to work. Yeah. You That's know, awesome. And, and, and let them own it. Mm -hmm. whatever it may end up being. <laughs> right. But you're, you're there and they know that you're there. And I'm if there. they have a question, they can ask. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. If they, they have a question they can ask, I'm willing to hand out tissues and dry tears. <laughs> you know, happy to wear my pointy shoes and kick butt. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I remember the first time I did something similar to that at the beginning of the performance, I stood up and said, so welcome to our, you know, or whatever spring, the thing. I'm very excited to tell you about how the students put this together on their own, <laughs> making sure to say they wrote all of the concert introductions by themselves and they chose all of the music, but, but they did and they were so proud of themselves and they did so well, but, mm -hmm. but I knew that the parents would, would think it was a little different and it was a little different than we had done in the past, but the kids, they owned it. So, and yeah. kind of what's beautiful about it is then you, when you have stepped back, you can see your, you know, I guess you can see what they really know well and where there's holes in instruction too, where you're like, oh, so tomorrow we're going to pull everybody together and have like a little mini lesson where I am going to be teacher led and like help them with whatever they need to know and then send them back off again. So that's, it's nice when you can step back and stay, let them figure things out. But then, yeah, when there's going to be tears or there's going to be, or you just know they're just way off, you pull them back in and, you know, and do that mini lesson because, um, so that they, you know, they have the information what, of what they need for to move forward. But yeah. it is exciting to watch them do it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in like, in regards to Teresa, what you're saying with the parents finding it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I've done here in Asia, I've changed my terminology a bit. So I no longer do concerts. Um, I have uh, either it's an informant or it's their final exam, which is a public exam. Right. And, oh. you know, when I tell the parents that it is an exam, then it kind of changes the mindset a little bit because they're kind of like, OK, so this is this is for marks and this is important. And, you know, then I tell them that it's, it's public and they're allowed to come and the students are demonstrating their knowledge and things like that. Then they kind of get a little bit more on board with that and they're happier to receive um, less than perfect in then, you know, when, if it was a concert where they are wanting to go and see a professional symphony orchestra, 
And why isn't my child playing like that professional symphony orchestra? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a neat idea. And I, I love informances. I think that's just such a great way to, to really let the kids showcase what they're learning. Because you do. Yeah. You focus on the learning. And sure, people yeah. clap because everybody loves to be clapped for. But yeah, that it's the learning. That's the most important. And the music making. It's not just that that final one and done moment. Yeah. And I feel like it opens up um, what is able to be included as well. So it's not just, um, you know, come on stage, play a song, leave the stage. It allows for talking to happen. It allows for demonstrations to happen where, you know, it's uh, with the beginner group, I'll usually do the kind of as a, a live timeline. It's like, first we put our instruments together and we sounded like this and everybody makes a giant scary <laughs> noise, um, which is the first day of band, <laughs> you know? And Yay. then we all learned how to play the same note at the same time, you know, play line one in the book, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Then we learned how to do a duet. Then we learned how to do a round. Then we learned how to do like, so we kind of take, it's an informant. It takes the parents through the process that we've done in our classroom over the last, you know, 14 weeks, but we just demonstrated it in 15 minutes. Right. Well, and the beauty and like what Catherine was saying with her kindergarten informants is it's nothing that you haven't already been doing. Yeah. I remember exactly. like when I first started teaching, we were required to do at that time, uh, beginning band started in fourth grade and I was required to do a fourth grade beginning band concert in um, January. (laughs) The kids started in September. (laughs) And it was like, I felt like I was just shoving music down their throats. I wasn't actually teaching them anything. It was just this like, oh my goodness, we have to learn these songs. The concert is longer than seven minutes. And, And then the next year I switched it to an informants and it was like, oh, this is so much better because we actually yeah. could be learning skills and content up until like the day of, actually, that was back when I used to do, <laughs> this was fun. I would say, all right, now we're going to learn something new right now. <laughs> and, we <can> learn, <laughs> and we would, I would like, I would go through the process of the kids of playing a song they had never played before in the method book, but we would do the whole thing. We would, we would count it. We would clap it. We would like, we would go through exactly what we would do if we were in band rehearsal with this new little song from the method book. And it was That's great. idea. I like that idea. I'm going to steal that idea. Good. <laughs> you should. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we're kind of getting close to the end. Is there anything else that you guys want to add? Shout out to the the book that we keep referencing is Pass the Baton, Empowering All Music Students. Um, Catherine and I met a couple years ago and we're like, there needs to be a book about this. And then after we said that a bunch of times, we just need to write the book about this. Um, <laughs> so we did. <laughs> and it's a topic that we're really passionate about and that we we really, we really like sharing it with other people. And we like hearing what other people are doing. And that's why we thought it was important to include other teachers in our book so we could say, hey, look, it's not just the two of us being crazy. Like this is happening in many different settings, you know, all over the place. And and we hope that other people will be inspired by that and excited and want to make a positive change in their classroom. 
Yeah. Will this book be available digitally? Because, you know, shipping costs into the rest of the world from the States (laughs) are stupid. (laughs) What? Go ahead. I I believe it will be. Um, Okay. We for, I forgot to ask that question officially this morning when we were on the phone with the, the publisher, but I believe most of the, the Dave Burgess consulting books are available in Kindle version. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to get and it that way. And there are Kindle apps available for many different devices. Exactly. Yeah, because I know it'll be available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So I would pretty sure that digital will be an option. Yeah, I, I wanted to say, too, I think part of what I, I think is important about our book, too, is the helping other music teachers reach out and connect with other teachers. There's so much that we have to share with each other, and sometimes we're just our only person in one building, and there's so much power in doing something with others. You know, you, you do so much more when you when you work with somebody else. And like Teresa and I just kind of met online and I read her blog. She read my blog. And, you know, it just was it's amazing just to reach out to somebody and and see what they're doing in their classroom. And they're asking you how you did things in your classroom like that. The power of reflection is such a wonderful thing. It pushes your thinking forward when you have that. Absolutely. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's it, nice. I think that it. When you're saying like working together, it doesn't even necessarily need to be, you know, your students working together. It could just be a couple of teachers who are mentoring each other or pushing each other forward in terms of like, hey, I really want to try this whole student reflection thing, but I don't know how to go about it. Is there anybody willing to experiment with me? Like, mm-hmm. that would definitely yeah. help, too. Yeah, and just to have somebody to call when it's like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) How do I fix it? You know, just to have somebody to do that. For sure, like Teresa and I, we didn't even meet until like, I was like, I did not meet her in person until like two years into, right? Was it like two years that we met in person? Well, we we met, I think it was three weeks before we handed in the final copy of the book. Yes. (laughs) So like, you did her? Yeah, you don't need to be in the same city. (laughs) Has heard her on the phone, but like real person in December. (laughs) So there you go. Yeah, (laughs) 2020 is all about the virtual relationships (laughs) for sure. (laughs) But yeah, well, that's you know what? That's actually kind of good to hear. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm realizing that Teresa and I have known each other for several years, and we've never met in person either. Although it's a little more little more complicated to meet you in person. Yeah. <laughs> it requires a passport. <laughs> it is not that complicated. All you have to do is buy a plane ticket and get on the plane. <laughs> yes. Today I would not be allowed to do that, but <laughs> you know, no, that's true. 2020 is not the time of virtual or is not the time of meeting in person, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's actually it's kind of nice to hear that you guys were able to do so much collaboration, including writing a book without having, you know, met face to face and having those face to face meetings and stuff like that. Because yeah, there's a lot of music teachers who would say, well, you know, I'm the only one in my area and I, and I don't know. And, you know, for those of us who are out in the world and teaching in other countries where you are potentially a minority speaker and, 
you aren't connecting with the local teachers at all, having that virtual connection and being able to reach out is definitely important. So is there like a pass the baton group that people can join or should they just follow you on Twitter or how yeah, can definitely, they make this connection? <laughs> definitely um, follow us on social media. So um, from my Twitter is um, at musical Teresa and then Catherine. Mine is singing Finch one. And then we ha- do have a website for the book. It's um pastthebatonbook.com. And if you go there, you can actually sign up to get on our, our email list. Um, we are both busy music teachers. I promise we are not sending you email every single day. <laughs> it's more like every couple weeks, maybe. Um, but that will be able to get you information about exactly when the book's going to be available. Um, any just updates with that, fun content that goes along with it. We're we're working on putting together some resources to go along with the books and book study things. So um, getting on that mailing list is going to be one of the best ways to, to learn more. Awesome. Well, yeah, a book study sounds great. I mean, I've read the book, but I was, <laughs> as I was going through, there was all these thoughts going on in my head and I was taking notes, jotting things down, going like, you know, putting in calendar dates, going try this next year. Um, I've got all of these reminders set up. It's like, go back to this book and read this chapter, (laughs) you know? Um, so doing a, a study with the authors would be a great way to go to the next level within it too. Absolutely. Just having those conversations, you know, as you're thinking about how you might implement it, talking to somebody else and and going that through that process together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Uh, and maybe in a few weeks, we will hear some more from others. I like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's all for today. Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode interesting, please leave a review and pass it on to a friend. Have a great week, everybody.